0: Hey, guys. So, um, I decided that I want to read you a short story that I wrote. Um, it's gonna be in segments. I'm not gonna read the whole thing right now, but... Um, I am going to start it. Um, I'll decide where to stop when I get there, I guess. So, this story, um, I wrote a a while back, um... And it's called Radical Morals. Um, And it's just a very interesting story, I think. So, yeah. Here we go. (laughs) There I stood, half naked, looking into the mirror. I need to lose some weight, I thought. I finished getting dressed, grabbed my wallet, and quickly ran out of the door of my apartment and down the stairs of the building. It was raining, again. It was almost always raining in Seattle, and I still haven't brought an umbrella since I moved here two months ago. Shit. I opened my car door after I proceeded to bang my head on its window, and shoved all 275 pounds of me into my 98 Subaru Outback. I'm going to be late, it's rush hour. I hadn't accounted for the extra time it takes to get through the city in traffic. Ugh. I was going to be late for my interview somehow, when I finally made it through the main part of the city, the traffic had eased up. I was stuck at a red light, the same one I always got stuck at, and had to sit behind for three turns of it, at least. But at this time, but this time, sorry, (laughs) I'm a shitty reader out loud, (laughs) but this time, I was at the top of the line of the cars, and I thought it had to be a miracle. Well, that's freaking lucky. The odd thing, though, was that there was no traffic coming from either direction of the opposing side of the intersection. I wondered if there was an accident. I coasted up a bit so I could crane my neck to see, and sure enough, there were at least five cars piled up, blocking the entire street. I looked to the other side and noticed that there was an officer patrolling the traffic on that side. The road was closed. Beep! Cars honked behind me. The the light had turned green. Without hesitation, I put the pedal to the metal and zoomed across the intersection, hoping the police officer wouldn't notice and send someone else to catch my ass. Do they even do that? I didn't really care, because I really needed to get to this interview and get this job if I wanted to keep living somewhere that wasn't out on the street. I made it to the place just in time. It was a small privately owned bank that had just opened and needed tellers and bankers. I've never been a banker, but hopefully if I got the teller position I could get promoted down the line. I've always been a hard worker. I walked through the glass double doors to the lobby where I was greeted by the banking manager. Colin, is it? She asked. I've always hated my first name, even though it was the only thing my mother had ever given to me besides, well, life. She passed away during childbirth when she had me and I have nothing to remember her by. I was raised by my father who also hated that she'd given me the name Colin, but he feels bad now that she's gone. Yes, pleasure to meet you. I stopped and looked at her name tag while we grasped hands for a shake, forgetting what she told me her name was when we spoke on the phone, then quickly looked back at her. Looked back at her. Sorry. Trisha, thank you. She brought me to a room that had her name outside the door, presumably her office, and I took a seat on on one of the two leather chairs in front of her desk. Trisha shuffled through some paperwork she had laid out in front of her, including a manila folder with the word interviews labeled on its lip. I took a breath in slowly to try and calm my nerves. It's been a while since I've had a job interview. I was at my last job as a supervisor at a grocery store for eight years. Unfortunately, I had to leave that job when I moved here. So, Colin Banks, she said. Funny that I'm applying to work at a bank with that last name, right? I thought so. She must be thinking it's a fake name right about now. I tried to stifle a chuckle so as to seem professional. Interesting name, she went on. She moved some other paperwork to the side and held my printed application in her hand. What makes you a good fit for our bank, Mr. Banks? She smiled. I was glad she had a sense of humor about the name thing. Well, I started. I have a lot of experience handling money. My previous job was as a supervisor at a grocery store. I had the responsibility of counting the tills at the end of my shift every night and also during opening shifts. I tried to think of another reason why I'd be a good fit. I took a chance. I also think it's fitting that my last name is Banks. Perhaps people will find it funny, I think. Trisha smiled slightly, but didn't laugh. I wasn't sure if she was trying to maintain professionalism or if she just didn't think it was funny. Or maybe she just thought I was nuts and belonged somewhere else. That's quite an interesting reason, she responded. Well, you do have the qualifications, bachelor's degree, money handling experience. You would be a good fit. There's just one problem, unfortunately. My stomach dropped. What could it possibly be? This is just my luck. She went on. I did call you in for an interview, and I would hire you if it weren't for the fact that I had a previous interview today that went very well. They had prior experience at a bank for many years. I'm sorry to say that the position has been filled but I will keep your file in my records if we need another position filled. I apologize and thank you for your time. The interview was over just like that. It had only lasted about five minutes. I drove all the way there 15 minutes across town just to be dismissed. What bullshit. Thank you for your time as well. It was a pleasure to meet you. I said confidently reaching out my hand for another handshake. I left her office and went back to the lobby to the front double doors, trying not to feel like I was doing the walk of shame, because I'm sure everyone there already had to have known that I was a dead man walking before even entering the door. It finally stopped raining. At the rate it was going, I was sure it wasn't going to stop. I got back into my Subaru and started the car. Just before I drove away, I realized there was something in the windshield and wiper. As soon as I saw it, I looked to my right, realizing that I'd forgotten to put money in the in the meter. Shit, I thought. What else can go wrong today? I hastily pushed the door open and grabbed the ticket, stuffing it into my slacks pocket. Now frustrated, I sped off and made the 15-minute drive back into my apartment building. Just as I was about to get home, I got stuck at that same red light. Now the traffic was moving, albeit slowly, but there were still policemen at the scene. One of them walked up to my car and knocked on the window. Defeated, I rolled it down, expecting more bad things to come my way. "'Excuse me, sir,' the police officer said. "'I noticed your car from earlier. Do you happen to know anything about the accident that occurred here?' It seems like no one understands what had happened. He looked just about as puzzled as I did at this questioning. Um, no, officer. I just came back from a job interview. I did see the pileup, but it had already happened. There were already policemen on the scene. I could feel my muscles tensing up at the pressure of being questioned by the cop. Why would he think I know? Why would he think I know anything? I'm just some random guy. I thought. Hmm. He said, as if he didn't believe me. Then, okay, move along and just like that, the light turned green and I went the speed limit for the rest of the way home. What a freaking crazy day. Could my luck be any worse? I fumbled with my keys in my pocket and already having forgotten about it, dropped the parking ticket onto the ground. I reached to pick it up and studied it. It wasn't a parking ticket after all. No, it was probably worse than that. It was a note scribbled in blue pen saying, I'm so sorry. But I hit your car on my way out of the parking space. Below, please find my name and a number. Let's work this out with the insurance. I couldn't believe it. I walked around the back of my car, and there it was, clear as day. A nice big dent on my rear bumper, and a scratch on the tailgate. Tailgate, god. Tail-taillight. Well, this is just great. What the hell else could happen? What else will there possibly be to ruin this day? I grunted at the note and then shoved it back into my pants pocket, retrieving my keys once again and locking the car. I stomped up to my apartment. No, literally. I really put some oomph into each step because I was pissed. As I arrived at my door, there was something else. A notice posted right smack in the middle, taped on with shame. Notice to evict, is what it said. And I swear to God, I couldn't be more furious with this day. Ripping off the notice, I reached for my apartment key and inserted it into the lock. The rusty door gave way after a hard push and I locked it behind me. I threw my keys, the note from the stranger, and the eviction notice onto the kitchen counter. I can't deal with this right now. I walked into the kitchen and grabbed a microwavable bag of popcorn from the pantry. I decided I was going to escape my fate by watching endless episodes of my favorite show on Netflix exhausted from the day i must have especially i'm sorry i must have eventually passed out on a couch because i somehow woke up with my hand in the bag of popcorn which was half spilled onto my lap trying to compose myself after the day i had i cleaned up the popcorn mess and tried to figure out where i remembered leaving off in my tv series but i was interrupted by what i thought was a hallucination hey there colin the voice said. With cat-like reflexes, I turned around in every direction to see where the disembodied voice was coming from. Up here, it said. I looked up to see a demonic-looking figure with angel wings. My first thought was that Satan himself had come down out of nowhere into my living room to make s- to take me straight to hell. Hell, I already felt like I was there. What the fuck? Hey, hey, don't freak out. I'm here to make a deal with you, he assured me. And no, he said, I'm not seen. He said with a pout and a roll of the eyes. I'm your guardian demon, Damon, he told me. What are the odds of meeting a demon named Damon, I wondered. What do you want? I must be dreaming unless you're going to kill me or something. At this point, I don't think it really matters, I told him defeatedly. Chill out, Colin, he said, a smirk painted eerily on his face. I'm here to help you. "'Don't be so caught off guard by the demon thing,' he told me. "'You did hear me say guardian in front of that, right?' By now, he had floated to the ground and was standing directly in front of me. I tried to blink, pinch myself, scream. Nothing happened. Anything to make me wake up from this nightmare I must have been having. This was some crazy shit. None of it worked, though. And I was still facing Damon, who seemed calmer than a cucumber.' "'How can you help me? I'm dreaming this. I've got to be dreaming this. It's not norm- "'Colin, Colin, chill out, man,' he said, coming closer to me. "'If Damon was about to try and console me, he had it coming. I was not about to be hugged by a demon. "'Listen, man, I'm your guardian demon. Everyone has guardian angels, but you, you're special, Colin.' "'What's so special about me? I'm an unemployed, overweight, middle-aged dude, and I'm pretty sure I'm having a midlife crisis.' This is not what I signed up for. Well, you're special because you're the only one with a guardian demon. I'm the only guardian demon there is. You see how that works out? He tried to smile, but everything about him emanated pure evil. So if you're my guardian demon, then what can you do for me? It works the same way as a guardian angel, just uh, a little different, he tried to explain. I help you out and watch over you, but the way I do things is a bit different. How so? I asked, suddenly not as scared as before and more curious to see how he could help me. Remember that car accident at the red light? Uh, yeah. I had a bunch of squirrels run across the street at the same time. He laughed as if it were funny to him to cause this destruction. I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Um, okay, so you caused the accident so I could get into my interview on time? I asked, trying to figure this out. You bet, just trying to help, he said, cracking his knuckles outward with a vocal outbreath. Okay, but why help me get there in time if the job was already taken? Where were you then? I asked, arms crossed in, in protest. Oh, don't worry about that. It's being taken care of, he said and an evil grin danced across his face. "'What do you mean, taking care of? You're not going to hurt anyone, are you?' I asked, scared that I'd be part of some crime somehow. Damon said nothing, just grinned maliciously at me. "'I'm serious, Damon. I don't want any trouble,' I said, starting to put my hands over my head, as if I were under arrest for a crime I didn't commit. "'Listen, buddy, just count your blessings as you receive them. Let me handle the rest.' If you need me, just think about something you really want to go your way. I got your back, pal, he said. And that same evil grin seemed more reassuring now, somehow, than it did before. Uh, okay, sure, if you say so. And just like that, I was dancing with the devil. Er, angel? Who cares? I was gonna get my way, it looked like, and I sure as hell needed some of that. So... That's what I have for now. Um, I'm not really good at reading out loud, as you can see, uh, or hear, because you can't see me, but um, yeah, that's uh, Radical Morals, um, and I will continue reading that uh, in the next episode. So stay tuned, keep listening, um, share this if you'd like. I am so sorry for the background noise. My cat is having zoomies right now. (laughs) Share this if you'd like and um, stay tuned for more. Uh, I don't know how regularly I'm going to upload, but it will be on a schedule. Um, So thanks for listening and stay nerdy. Bye.